Are you one of the only on your job? Do you wonder why the same type of people continue getting promotions? Have you dreamed of getting to the top but don't know how? Welcome to Secrets, a podcast devoted to showcasing dilemmas faced by underrepresented employees in their quest to climb the career ladder. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have experienced the corporate grind for more than 20 years. Now they want to share adventures, pitfalls, and C-suite secrets that they've learned along the way. So let's fill up those cups and get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Hope everybody had a good holiday. Ricky, what's on your mind, brother? Man, I'm just uh, just hanging, man. And I'm thinking I finally had a chance to kind of decompress a little bit, even though it wasn't too many days off. I was finally able to just kind of rest for a little bit, let my body reset. Mm-hmm. But it also gave me a chance to reflect a little bit as I started thinking about the results of the, the election and what exactly does what that means. mean. And Ricky, you know, I'm, politics is my thing. And I must admit that I was actually a little disturbed about the election results. It was a very mixed bag for my opinion, and especially on how that will impact underrepresented employees and specifically black employees for like the next decade. This is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you think about it like when we how excited we were when we first got a chance to vote many moons ago. Right. But you think about it now, like our nieces, nephews and kids and whatnot who sit in those different generations, they had a chance to vote, too. And the impact goes so much further than what many of us even realize. But again, hey, we'll get into that, you know, yeah, today. For sure, right? for like, sure. We'll for sure. Get yeah. into that today, I'm just feeling right? some kind of way and we thought we needed to talk about it today. And in this episode, we'll discuss some of the exit poll data that came from the presidential election and our perspectives on what those results mean. And we'll also talk about some of the potential negative impacts of this election and how it can impact us in the future. We'll provide some receipts on the various generations in the U.S. and how they voted, including what they care about and how that will influence the future. And we'll close out with four secrets on how you can react as an employee, as a leader to this election. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm kind of thinking through, before we actually kind of break down the who, what, when, and and why, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm just kind of thinking about this. Like now it's every single day there's been Trump said this. Trump did this. Yes. Trump said that. You, right. you know, it's Trump, been Trump, this, Trump all the right, time. Right. It's, right. it's been some things. And and again, regardless of your political affiliation, it gets tiring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. It's a lot. Now it's like you lose based off of the rules that everyone else said. That's up, right. You, you lose. But you don't want to leave the stage. <laughs> Man, I ain't leaving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you're not leaving. Right. It, it's kind of like you lose your job, but then you tell your job. But I'm but, not leaving. But I'm not leaving. I'm staying. I'll stay. You can fire me all you want to. Right, right. But I'll stay right here. So, so I mean, as much as I joke about it and whatnot, I think about why he feels the way that he feels, right? Why mm-hmm. some of the Republicans feel the way that they feel. And again, regardless of your affiliation, I sure. think the numbers say something else. Who voted, what they voted for, yeah. where they sit. You know, all of those types of things, I think, have something to do with this. So let's just start breaking down, if we can, the exit let's, polls. Let's start at the top. <laughs> right? Start so let's, at the top. So let's start with gender, okay? Yeah. So 53% of men voted for Trump mm-hmm. versus 45% voting for Biden. Okay. Okay? Okay. Women, 57% of women voted for Biden voted for Trump. Yeah. Okay. So women made up 52% of the total voters. Okay. So, so women carried it through a little bit there. Yeah. They held it. They held, I mean, which is not uncommon for history. We know we have to depend on our ladies to kind of bring us over the fence, right? Get us over the finish line. For sure. For sure. And when we break that down further and just kind of look at race, white men, 61% 61% Trump, 38% Biden, 23-point gap there. White women, 55% Trump, 44% Biden. And the interesting thing for me that I've been kind of marinating in for a minute, 
when you look at 2016 versus 2020, more white women actually voted for Trump this time around versus 2016. Mm. And I'm, I'm still sitting in that for a minute, Ricky, because I was mm. feeling some kind of way about that. But interestingly, Trump also made inroads with black and Latinx communities. So more black and Latinx people voted for Trump this time around than they did in 2016, but they were still overwhelmingly voting for Biden in big, big margins. But this whole race thing just had me like, because, I don't know. Because your, your, your third eye is on now, right? Yes. And it's like, so again, you know how we get down on secrets, right? We, we just deal with the facts. We deal with the facts. You, you know what I mean? So all emotions to the side, we're dealing with the facts. So that 61% of white men and 55% of white women kind of makes you have your, your eyebrow up a little bit, yeah, right? Because that means yeah. that someone that you know. Yes, most likely. Strong no. possibility that someone that you know feels a certain way. Feels a certain way. That's <laughs> you right. Know, like, not, how do and, I deal with that right and, now? And we're not calling people racist. We're not doing no. any of that stuff. But some of the ideologies and some of the basic principles or foundations that were landed on yes <laughs> you yes. know during this election and during 2020 as a whole right a this whole. has been 2020 has been a motherfucker it has been it <laughs> has been and i think that it. all of that just kind of forced us to kind of dive into this a little bit and say because uh, this is going to impact the way that we show up at work and how we deal with each other at work and so we, that's why we wanted to talk about this a little bit so let me even take it one step further right and let's talk about like the younger voters, right? And when I'm thinking about younger voters, I'm thinking under age 44, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Supported Biden, while older voters went for Trump. And again, older voters, we're talking 65 and up, mm-hmm. okay? And we'll break down the generations in, in a bit here, right? So voters under 29 overwhelmingly went for Biden, favoring him by more than 25 points. 25 points. Yeah, wow. Wow, that I mean that's huge. Younger voters. Huge. And even under 44 at total, they all said we want something different. Right, right. And I think there's there's a science to that that we'll have to get into. And I think about it like a little differently. I remember so my niece, so baby girl gets ready to vote four years ago, and this was her first time vote. Okay. Okay, when mm-hmm. when she got ready to vote. And I was really trying to just explain to her the importance of voting. But she was asking some of the why questions. Sure. And she was asking, well, why is it such a big deal? And this, that, and the other. We'll kind of get into that. Yeah. But when she realized that she voted for Hillary Clinton, okay. you know, regardless okay. of, you know, yep. whatever you think, she voted for Hillary Clinton and she was disappointed. She was distraught the next day, days yeah, afterwards. Days after. Because she was like, I don't understand why this happened. She got the popular vote by X amount, you mm-hmm. know, and she was in college, sure, you know, sure. at the time, right? Like, so it did not make sense to her. Right. Okay. So right. you couldn't connect the dots with the electoral and this, that, and the other. And I tell you, four years later, nephew, baby boy, asking me some of the same, same questions. questions. He's They're like, trying to figure it he's out. Like, does it really matter if I vote? If I vote, you know, show up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, because I remember four years ago when you guys was talking about voting, it didn't really seem like it mattered who you voted for because the other guy won mm-hmm. or, you know, this, that, and the other. Yep, but things didn't change. And, and, and see, again, it's hard for you to try to argue certain things where you can't add up to pieces. Sure. You sure. know, you can't add up to pieces. But what we're seeing is based off of the number of people that voted and how things worked, that is the group. That is the group. That actually impacted the change That's this right. time. They want to change. And the voters under 44, that was about 40% of the electorate. They voted overwhelmingly for Biden. And that may have been that may have made the difference as we kind of went under the hood a little bit. Right, right. Now if we if we step back and just kind of look at education level, because that's always one of those things, too, that that the pollsters like to talk about, kind of education level. And there's this all this argument about the divide between those who have formal and advanced education and who, and who don't. So when we looked at education levels, we did see as education voters' education levels increase, they lean toward Biden. So voters with bachelor's degrees and advanced degrees voted for Biden, while those who never attended college 
or only received an associate degree actually favored Trump. So there is something in there, as we talked about in the previous episode around this education and does it matter, there is a argument to be made that higher education does have an influence in terms of your perceptions of and values and things like that politically. And and your ability to question. Yeah, that critical you know, thinking. <laughs> to question things. Again, this is what I heard him or her say. Yes. But it doesn't quite add up. Yeah, you want right? to challenge that. Right. However, and you've been in situations where someone seemed like they were more educated on something than you, and you said, okay, well, I guess they're right then. You right. know, it is yeah, together. you just gave in. Right. But, but now we're talking about, like, your civil liberties. Yeah. Now we're talking about your right to navigate around the world, like all of those types of things where now it's like you probably do want to ask more questions, right? Sure. Because. Just take the pandemic alone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at who's been impacted more. Yes. Okay. Or you look at this guy gets the virus or maybe one of his friends and they are the haves. So they can afford to get things that the have nots yep. are yep. not able to do. But again, this kind of goes back to your vote. Yes. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No, it totally and does. And it's like it totally the, the more you talk about what it will be, or you can't hold people accountable because I'm going to trust them. Because on the surface, it's like, hey, our president is a good businessman. He does this. He does that. In reality, when you kind of peel back the onion a little bit, you, you probably said to yourself, mm, not so much. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Know, not so much. Maybe not. Well, what is your definition of a good businessman? Of, of a good businessman. That's, <laughs> right. that's for sure. Yeah. And this education does matter. I mean, it, it's those intangibles like we just talked about with the critical thinking. It's also getting you exposed to different people who you haven't been around before. All of those kinds of intangibles influence kind of your value set and how you think and how you view things going forward. Not to digress, but you know, you think about our episodes on negotiating total comp or understanding total comp or even advocating for yourself when you're thinking about your own brand. Yeah. I mean, these are all educational pieces, right? And there's not one person that I've ever heard say, Ooh, I wish I wouldn't have went to college. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Or, man, I hate that I got that extra knowledge and I was able to negotiate, you know, right. by myself. Absolutely. But what we're saying, though, is when you don't have that, you just have to accept the status quo most times, yeah, right? A lot like, of times you, know, you do. You just fall back into that position because you don't know any different. So, so when it's we think safety. about, so when we think about even the lack thereof or of education, or even when you do get education, that impacts like the income level. Oh, right? yes. So, as we're thinking about the income level, people under one hundred thousand dollars per year overwhelmingly supported Biden. This is where most of the people of color sit. Well, right? we sit. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where they sit. Okay? That's right. So, so again, these are the essential workers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the frontline workers. Yep, yep. You know, the Some of the skilled. We already know we're getting underpaid. Absolutely. So, when you think about that, people between a hundred k to two hundred thousand overwhelmingly supported Trump. This is like the middle management, right? <laughs> Which is mostly white. I mean, and, this, and these are the right stats. There. These are the stats, and these are people who are controlling your career, right? So people over $200,000 a year, that was kind of split evenly between the two candidates, right? So it's like, it's either however you want to put it, whether it was some core beliefs that they had, whether they were woke, whether they were concerned about taxes, whatever it was, that was kind of split. Kind of split. But again, you go back to why you see the candidates in the hood. Yes. Why you see the candidates at the church. Yes. You know, trying to show that they can relate to people. How you see them trying to do the latest dance. That's so right. Trying That's to, right. you know, trying to pick their NCAA cards, all of those all types those of things. things. They're trying they, to relate. They want to try to be hip. Right. You know what I mean? Trying they want to relate. They want to try to be hip. Because they know that's where, that's, that's where part of the action is. And, and, <laughs> and they know that all we need to do is to feel like someone's able to come to the barbecue and we'll give him the keys to everything. <laughs> you, 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 you know what That's I'm saying? That's we'll give true. him the keys to everything. That's oh, true. he's cool. There you oh, go. He's all hey, right. Jim he... Clyburn threw that fish fry for Biden. That changed his life <laughs> in March. Changed his life, the fish fry. Yeah. Changed his you, life. He was, he was on his way out until that. <laughs> South Carolina. So, so, Ricky, I mean, no, the exit polls were really, really interesting for me. 
those things around the gender, some of the income level things, some of the race things. I mean, they were really just like, what do I do with this right now? Because I'm a little, little confused. But, you know, I'm an optimist, so I try and find some positives in the situation. And I will say that you look at the numbers of people who voted. This was the highest turnout in U.S. history, the number of people that voted. Ever. Ever. During the pandemic. During a pandemic. So for me, one of those positives was really around all the options that people had to vote Yep. so they could have their voice heard. The irony of this whole thing is that because all of those options were out there, people chose to engage on a very different level, and they showed up, and they did their thing, and they made their voice heard. Even Trump, in losing, still had the second highest vote total ever. (laughs) Biden's number one. He's number two. Right. Right? Out of all that, they both beat Obama, who had the record before. Right. So it just shows you when you give people the access, they'll show up at the end of the day. The other thing for me was young people showed up. That's always one of those things where people are like, well, they're disinterested. They don't care. Yeah. Like we just pointed out, 40% of the electorate was under 44. Mm -hmm. Young folk showed up and voted. And, And I think for people of color, in Kamala Harris, we have another role model now. We've talked a lot about it's very important for us to see people in these roles so that we have aspirations. Right. Achievable. Achievable. Mm-hmm. This is now in the We can do this. And so having her in that role is really, really important and an important message. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, we keep talking about the ability to, to see what you can be. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, that's important. But Keith, you know, I, I'm probably looking at this just a little bit different, right? I'm kind of <laughs> like a realist, right? There you, you know, go. and and as much as we want the glass to be half full, I'm realizing that it is a bit empty, yeah. you know, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So some of the the realizations that I had based off of this is I believe like the dividing lines have grown just a bit deeper on race. I, I mean, we're, and we're talking about stuff that was happening way before George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmad, like all of these things were happening over time. Yep, yep. And it's almost like a bit of a kick in the ass, right? Yeah, a slap yeah, in the yeah, face when yeah, you kind of punch in the gut. When you kind of think about it, right? So I feel like I feel you. The lines grew a bit deeper on race, geography, based off of where you live, rural versus urban, yeah, like all of those huge, things. Huge divide. All, all of those things. So despite all that's happened in 2020, I believe that white people, particularly older white people, and we're talking again, 65 and up, they basically like double downed on maintaining the status quo. Yeah. Right. They're, they're like, like, man, we don't need shit to we change. Don't, we don't need nothing to change. We cool. <laughs> you know, we like, cool right like, now. What's really wrong with it? Right. Hence Make America great, great again. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, who was it really great for? Yes. And this is the argument. This is the you argument. Know, here. This it's is the not, dilemma. Not black lives matter, all lives matter. Right. Or blue lives matter. And again, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but what we're saying is there needs to be particular focus. Yes. That's you right. You know, in a different one, that's right? right. Mm-hmm. So the election results were tough because people of color, especially black people, have to look at their white colleagues and wonder, what else do I have to do to prove to you that our current systems and way of life is oppressive? Preach. It's broken. Preach. Like, like what, what, what more has to happen? What, what so now, do? But now if you go back to, we're talking about the people who voted for yeah. things to stay the same. Yes. If not elevate and get worse. Right. Okay. Right. After or all this. Who they look like. I mean, you can look to your left or look to your right, and there's a very strong possibility that people who don't look like you voted for someone else. Right. They voted for a system. A system. To stay oppressive. Yes. Yes. So, I hate to kind of drop that one on you, Keith, but I I felt a little different. I felt a little different I mean, it's been there in my psyche. That's why I say, you know, I try and see rays of light. But what you just (laughs) said to me is stuff that's been on my mind, too. And I think a big part about this, especially for young folk, when you're talking about your your niece and your nephew in electoral college, that shit ain't working. Mm -mm. Electoral college is not working. 
just to drop a, a bomb on you, Democrats have won the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. But even winning the popular vote, Al Gore and Hillary Clinton both lost. Mm-hmm. Didn't get in the get in the seat. Didn't get at the table. System, the system. system. That's system. Yeah, that's, that's the oppressive system. system, right? Hillary won the popular vote by over three million votes. Biden's guaranteed to win this election by six million votes. But even winning by six million, he's still going to be dealing with this hugely divided government and country. Where it's like, how does this happen? <laughs> and where we're talking about stuff being fixed and this, that, and the other. Like, seriously. Seriously. Like, seriously. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> and that's know? why, I mean, I heard you on those the, kind of the, the downsides. Because, again, this electoral college is the perfect example of a s- systemic oppression and racism, right? Where the voices of the majority are suppressed in a way that it maintains the current system of power and privilege. Yeah. I mean, so so these are the the why questions. Yeah, the the, the younger young adults they ask it, and when the shit don't make sense, right. they out there in the streets. They're in the streets, <laughs> and this is why the they're in the streets. Yeah, like this there, doesn't make any sense. They're, they're out there making people listen. They're making people listen. So when we look at like kind of like what influenced the outcome of the election in my mind, mm-hmm. and this is just Ricky. Talking, this is Ricky talk. I think it's three. Particular reasons why Trump is not going to be in office. Okay. Okay. And, 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 and I feel like had he done these three things, like and not all in order, like yeah. any one of these three things could have helped him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number one, I felt like if he could have just shut up. Oh boy. He probably would still be president. <laughs> Ricky, you asked him a lot though. If he could have shut, but, yeah, but, but if you he could have shut up, if he could just right. shut up, you're right. He could just shut up. I mean, because when you look at the uh, debate. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to call it a debate because it, it really wasn't. wasn't you know what I mean? <laughs> but when you look at stuff like that, like people don't like to see that type of shit. No, man. they don't. You know, they and don't. it was just like it was embarrassing to them. Yes, because even back, they would all say if he would just stop twittering and just shut up. And you know, like I know, people in power do not like to take L's. No, they are not going to take a loss. No, for nothing. For nothing. You know what I mean? Or nobody. And they don't just win; they triumph. Yes. Right. And and you figure in this situation, hey, just shut up. He would have set himself up a lot better because people would not have had anything specific to kind of latch on to. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. The second thing in my mind, I mean, honestly, is as serious as this COVID crisis and pandemic, you know, is. Yeah. Like he got it. And he wasn't doing yeah, he, he wasn't promoting it. he wasn't promoting anything. On one hand, he's telling the public it's a hoax, a democratic yep. hoax. It's just that don't let it rule your life. And in the background, he's like, man, this shit's a motherfucker. Yeah, right. like, exactly. It'll kill you. You know, exactly. this, that, and the other. And he's like, you don't stand a chance, mm-hmm. you know? And then he gets it. In my opinion, yep. had he just shown some contrition, yeah. okay? Yeah. Had he just said, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Showed some empathy. That's right. This, this, this is Put nothing to play on. with. Nothing to play with. Social Had he done distance. that stuff, people would have been like, okay, he gets it. Yeah, because we're all good about making excuses for him, right? For sure. Okay. Had he done that, people would have been like, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he'll be okay. Had yep. he just said, you know what? When I, if you reelect me, we're going to get it right. We're going to get we it right. We made a couple of missteps. We're going to get it right. People would have, people would have voted on hope. They would have given him the benefit of the doubt. Always. Well, we talked about the benefit of the doubt that if you have the complexion for the connection, you get that. You're going to get it. <laughs> okay. So, so lastly, I think the last part of this man, which is key to me is he actually stuck his foot in his own mouth. Right. When he said, when he was asking his voters, not to vote by mail. Yep. And he was like, you got to go in there. And, got look, it. They, and they listened to him. They because, did. Because you look. They showed second, up. Second number of like most votes yeah. you know, ever, right? But, but the message to hinder or suppress voting by mail backfired on his ass. Totally. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. And, and when it did, now we now we hollering fraud. Right. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> now but, all the ballots wrong. But, but in my mind, as I'm thinking through... Like some major pieces no, here, those like are good points, like, Ricky. I get, get hey. exposed, you know. Like, and again, I don't have anything else to show you, right? Except fact. He'll say stuff about drinking bleach or this, that, and right. the other, right? And people are like, ah, oh, he was just, joking. he just kidding. You know, he wasn't serious, <laughs> right. you know. And hey, granted, 
Maybe he wasn't, but some people thought he was serious because they did do it. They did do it. Okay. Some, some people, people did do some, it. Some, some people did do that stuff. So in my mind, those are some three major ways I think yeah. they probably could have swung that in his direction had he not. No, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> and I think the things. impact of all of that is regardless of your, your politics, Trump was the focal point. Mm-hmm. He was the focal point of the election. He made himself the focal point of the election and paid the consequence for doing that. And I, but I think on a positive way, I'm going to still stay positive. As mm-hmm. a result of him putting himself as the focal point, we had the highest voter turnout ever. Yeah, that's So true. people wanted to make sure whether they agreed with them or not, that they were showing up. And they wanted to make sure that their voices were heard. And still, at the end of the day, as you've been pointing out, we still got a lot of work to do because there's a lot of conflicting storylines that came out of this election that we got to work through. Yeah, this yeah, will work here. That eyebrows. I, mean, I can't do. I can't yeah. lift my eyebrow like the rock can, but I would if I could. Right, right, <laughs> right now. But you know, again, the moral to the story for me, though, as we talk about these things, is mm-hmm. there's a bit of like a generational tug of war happening right now. Right. Yeah. The demographics, the paradigm is shifting, and expectations are changing, specifically within the millennial. In Gen Z generation. For sure. For right? sure. Because they showed up. They showed up. And showed out when it was time to vote. That's right. right. Like, regardless of what we think and this, that, and other, they got the job done. done. That's right. Okay. That was it. That's that right. That was it. So, so, in my mind, the moral to the story is that's a little bit different, though, when we start thinking about the baby boomers, 65 and up, who kind of want things to stay That's right. Same. They dug their heels in. Yeah. And made it known. They went digging their heels in. And they but showed think, up too, though. And they showed up. <laughs> they did. They showed up too. And that's what's, and you kind of seeing the same thing play out in the workplace right now because these millennials and Gen Zs, they moving into the workplace now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're seeing that show up. Because I think just stepping back, just thinking about some of the potential negative outcomes of this election, just broadly, I think first about one where people just check out. They saw the election results. They're disappointed in the outcome, confused about the outcome, all of those things, and they just decide to check out. And they decide that they're not going to engage in politics anymore. They're not going to vote anymore. But I will say this this disenfranchisement is really the goal, and it's a huge goal for a large part of the political establishment, right? So if I can stop you from voting— or encourage you not to engage, that's how I win. Well, if I tell you it ain't going to matter if you do anyway. That's right. Like, what do you got to lose? And if I incite a riot or make you feel like as insignificant as I really want you to be. Yeah, that's right. They didn't win. And that's how they maintain power, people. Yeah, well, but you think about it. If If your circle is four people who are questioning whether or not they should vote, Mm-hmm. We can go back into how our ancestors paid the costs for us to be able to do this, right? right? You know, all of those types of things. But if you're hanging around four people who don't want to vote or four people who don't think going to college is important or four people who feel like, just take what they give you. Why are you asking for yep. more money, yep. right? Yep. If you just sit with that, you're the oddball. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know yep. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if you're around these folks, this is all that water cooler discussion we was talking about, sure. all of those things that sure. kind of comes back to play for you. Well, as I'm thinking through, though, about like the divides in this country, I believe like they get worse. Like mm-hmm. they will absolutely get worse before they get better. If yeah. they even get better. Yeah, even if they even get there now. <laughs> no. I've got to like, I've got like in this mind warp right now, is it really going to get better? Right. <laughs> or or are we trying to pull this Jedi mind trick over you? Or you you actually think it's like the sleight of hand, you mm-hmm. know, this three card Molly over right. here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think there are some extremely hard conversations that need to happen in this country, right? And For I sure. think, look, we're doing our part to some degree to try to to facilitate some of these discussions with some of the panels that we sit on, with some of the provocative podcasts that we put out yeah. there and whatnot. But we just, we're just two people. We're just two people. Right? We're just two people. But again, I believe that there are some very tough discussions that need to take place to really get to the heart of these divides, no, you know, sure. that happen so that we can hopefully get to a place where they can get better. For sure. And I think 
building on that, one of the outcomes that I'm really concerned about is the workplace mm-hmm. and whether or not it becomes more intense or divided based on this election. Because now you, like you said, that third eye, you're starting to look around and say, can I really trust these people that I'm working <laughs> with? Or do they really have my back when it matters? Yeah. One of y'all <laughs> voted differently. And right. I'm not saying That's that we right. all got to vote the same, but when I think about voting differently, that means that you intrinsically think differently. Yes. Yes. Like, and I get about diversity, mm-hmm. but there are some things that These promote, are fundamental. But things. those are things that, that promote adversity. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's where we are right now is adversity. Adversity. That's right. <laughs> this whole climate. Right, right. And again, you know how I feel about the mental health part of this, right? Mm-hmm. I believe, like, that was, that's something that I think plenty of us deal with and probably don't get help. But I was able to get that help, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a while ago. But I think about that there will be more mental health issues in terms of like the stress, the depression, the irritational factors, fear. Mm-hmm. Like we got some folks who are growing up right now are kind of spooked. Myself, I have to be cognizant of what's around me or yeah, how I'm yeah. dressing or this, that, and the other. more so, right? Because they don't care because they've shown us this. And I'm not just making a comment. Right. They've shown us this. Absolutely. And I'm not sure this election changed any of that. It allowed us to woosah, some of us to woosah for right. a second. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if my stress totally changed that much. Yeah. But you know what, Keith? So again, look, we're talking about, and I know, again, we get emotional when we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. We, we we take this into a certain area. We go off the off the script a little bit sometimes because this is some emotional stuff for us. So, But let's kind of maybe rewind just a little bit. And just hit some of the qualitative and quantitative data here and talk through some of these receipts. The receipts. That's right. So we'll share with you um, some characteristics. We're going to do this in a format of talking about the various generations in the U.S. right now, right? And how those characteristics of those generations kind of played out in the election and how they show up in the workplace, right? And receipt number one is talking about the millennials, Because we like to talk about the millennials a lot, right? And we talk about them a lot because they're actually the largest generation in American history, right? They beat the baby boomers now. They're larger than the baby boomers, over 80 million strong. And this generation was born between 1981 and 1986, 87-ish, depending on who you talk to. And a couple of interesting things that I found out about the millennials, Ricky, I looked at this study by the Case Foundation that pointed out 10 defining characteristics of millennials. I'll talk about a few of those that just really tie it into our conversation about how they voted mm-hmm. and, and kind of what we can expect from the country going forward. For the millennials, they're change makers, first and foremost. They're looking for social good in small acts every day and believe that all actions matter, no matter how big or small they are. Mm-hmm. So they're really in tune with what's going on, right? They believe in activism. And they also believe that voting is the number one way that they can act to influence change in this country, right? Mm -hmm. They deeply care about social issues with civil rights, racial discrimination, healthcare, education, and employment being at the top of their list of things that they really care about from a social level. What was interesting for me is that, yes, they're very passionate about issues, could care less about institutions, <laughs> which is why you see them in the streets right? right. And, and bucking up against the system because they care about the issue, not the infrastructure. And so they value this kind of collective action and networks and are deeply influenced by their peers. Again, going to why they showed up all summer long and why they've been raising their voices on a lot of different issues. They support the greater good and not interested at all in partisan politics. They have very little trust in the government to solve issues like poverty, race, culture, student loans. And they have a huge impatience with bipartisan and politicking, which is why you saw a lot of them line up behind Bernie Sanders yep. and mm-hmm. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They just don't have patience for the BS right, and just want to change stuff. And they're really kind of sector agnostic, which means that they look at you, look at your company, look at the causes that you're supporting, where they donate their money. They're looking at the cause. They're not looking at your name. They don't care about that stuff. They really care about what you're doing. 
So you figure 80 million, the, the second yeah. most, 80 million strong. 80 million. Okay. And we've even suppressed their voice to some degree, right? Yeah. Because we've been so busy trying to make them be like Gen X. And you know, or something. Yeah, exactly. When at the end of the day, folks get tired of seeing the same shit happen over and over again. Over and over They're again. They're getting tired of you not listening. Like you, you hear what they say, but you're really not listening. Not listening. Right? And so you look at the number of leaders that we have that fit into this generation. Mm -hmm. Okay. You look at whether it be the Black Lives Matter movement, whether it be some of the other things that yep. are kind of happening out there. I mean, this this is led by them. This is led by them. This, this is, is led who's by, leading it right you now. You look at who's holding like uh, people accountable in terms of like the look and feel of the board, yep. the leadership. This is that group. This is that group <laughs> that's know, doing this, that work yeah, right now. This, this Climate change, group. all of those things. So, so again, not making it up. So for me, receipt number two is Gen Z. And Gen Z, we're talking about was born after 1996. So he's after the millennials. Right, right. Gen Z. Okay. And now, as I'm reading this, this is making me feel old as hell, right? But I got you. <laughs> but they are the last generation with the majority of white population. There you go. This like, is this, it. Yeah, this, this this is right here. Demographics, is, it's it. So, so when we're talking about make America great again, we're talking like against Gen Z. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so they have a lot of similarities with the millennials, but differ in some key ways. According to an article in uh, TTI Success Insights, they discuss 10 defining characteristics of Gen Z. This generation is financially focused. Jobs are a means to an end and will accept jobs and steady income and benefits versus looking for a dream job. Okay, they just yeah. trying to get they. They just trying to get paid. They just try to get them right. Mm -hmm. They're also entrepreneurial to some degree and all about technology. Not afraid to chase ideas and use technology to research and gather information. Yeah, I mean, look, man, they put it out there. We don't, we don't use encyclopedias anymore. No, <laughs> you know, we don't use any of that stuff. They know how to use it. You right. know, like I don't know how many times you could be with your nieces and nephews or your kids, and you ask them something that. Hold on, let me look it up. Yep. You know what I mean? And you yep. want them to go do something different to go use the library. No. It's not. It, mm -mm. That's they not, have access to everything. That's, that's, that's not what it looks like today. They're also super focused and competitive in most aspects of their life and don't have a lot of patience for fear of losing out. Yeah, right? They want to win. They want what they want right they now. They want to win. And like the mean? millennials, they don't have patience for all of this stuff. Right. right. So all of that, when we're talking about increasing women representation, when we're talking about increasing minority leaders, changing the board, they're like, what the fuck is the issue? That's Just right. do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you, right. you know yep. what I mean? Like yep. so, But again, like their patience kind of runneth over, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, a little bit, right? So again, they like to enjoy people but don't need face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah. So the pandemic and the stay-at-home or work, yeah. work from it's home order, totally it's, it's right really, in their wheelhouse. Yeah, it's really not bothering them at all. It's probably bothering others mm -hmm. you know, more than it is them because they were already living this way, so to speak. So I think those are some big pieces. And lastly, last couple of uh, pieces here is diversity is not a concept that they really understand in terms of race, sexual orientation, religion. They aren't defining characters for them. They judge people for what you do versus who you are. Yeah. I mean, so again. And that's what we wanted. That's the MLK, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that, absolutely. And lastly, I'll say they're very independent and want to be heard. They don't want to be pacified or just mm -mm. listen to it. Don't not your me on head. my head. Right, exactly. <laughs> they have strong opinions and are a little bit less collaborative, but they are. they still embrace change yep. so again we're pointing out with the millennials yeah. some of their characteristics we're talking about gen z and some of their characteristics yep. and we're also kind of bringing this full circle those were the people who came out and voted yeah they voted and you see and they overwhelmingly <laughs> voted for for joe biden right and so you can see how their characteristics and the issues that they care about aligned with how they voted yes but it also gives you a look into the future of how this is going to impact the workplace and impact the country most likely going forward. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. these things don't change that much with generations. And so as we look at those two large kind of diverse generations that are coming, 
with the baby boomers and even the silent generation before the baby boomers, there's a huge gap here Mm -hmm. that we're seeing play out. And so baby boomers were born between 1946 and 64. And a recent Digital Enterprise article pointed out the values and motivations kind of driving these baby boomers today. And Ricky, this is going to sound so familiar. You can just see the the ads that played out on TV and some of the messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Boomers are rooted in tradition. As you looked at their top three values, personal values, number one was fulfilling obligations and obeying the rules and law. Law and order. Law and order. <laughs> right? Staying, playing by the rules. Yep. Their number two issue was safety in your community and your nation, Mm -hmm. right? So you see these protests going on. You see this defund the police arguments. This is impacting their safety and security. So we weren't necessarily talking about the why behind the social unrest. That's right. We were just talking about, hey, all of these things are happening. All these things are happening. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's right. And Trump was saying, women in the suburbs. Yeah. Get back on the train uh-huh. because your community, these people are trying to move into your community and take over. Yep. Yep. And then their third most top personal value was maintaining and preserving cultural, familiar, and religious traditions. Yep. You could just you could just see this and how yeah. people voted, right? Well, you can just see like with his last judicial nominee. Yeah, all of it, <laughs> and how it plays out. And so, and boomers, you, they consider themselves physically conservative. Even the things that they buy, it's all about that brand. It's all about that trust. It's all about that easy use. And you can see, comparing that to millennials and Gen Z, they could care less about a brand. They don't trust nobody and nothing. Right. And they're willing to just kind of dig in and figure stuff out. They don't care about that easy use. They're going to dig in and yeah. figure it out. But the key to all of this stuff, though, is... There is a science behind why you see the ads. There is a science behind exactly. some of the the divisive rhetoric. Like all of those things is people hear it and they get on code. They get on. They're like, get, oh, get I know on. what he means. So we're talking like, I don't even know if these are dog whistles anymore. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like people actually understand what's being said. What's being said. You know, and they showed been conditioned. up. Yeah. And they showed up the way that, way that we anticipated. We anticipated. The, the, the facts show it. The last receipt is, you know, for me, let's talk about our generation, KP. Here we go. There yeah, we go. I mean, the OGs. Yeah, Semi-OGs. Gen, Gen X, right? So we were like the original, like, latchkey kids, right? Like, our, both of our parents were working. Like, we grew up watching Leave it to Beaver, but that stuff wasn't reality. That wasn't reality you for know, us. We were the first know. ones where that didn't work. Yeah, like, you know, you had to clean up that house before your mama got home, right? right? You had to, and you couldn't be in the process of doing it. You had to have that shit done before right. she got in the house. That's you know exactly what I'm saying? right. Yep. And we might have even had to start dinner. Yes. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, for sure. I was cooking dinner. <laughs> right. I was throwing down. So, but you figure, but we were like the last year kids. We are a bit of a hybrid generation, right? So, in my opinion, we're bridging like massive technology change, whether that be like cable, cable microwaves. TV, right. <laughs> the, like we went from having like what a cassette player to a disc man yeah. to like to iPod to now to the to the, the smartphone. Streaming. Yeah, right. the smartphone, right? The internet, all of those things. So we're bridging the beginning of a global economy. Yeah. Bridging the emergence of multiculturalism, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of those things are, I would say, bestowed upon our generation. Uh, for us, it's all about like balance. Yes. You know, work life balance, right? Collaboration, being able to kind of physically meet with people and now be able to adapt to like right. the Zoom Adapting. or Zoom environments and whatnot or whatever system you're using. Also, adopting like a global mindset. Mm-hmm. It's not just about my community. Not at all. It's much larger. Much larger community. You know, and we realize me. that there's diverse people, diverse perspectives, diverse different ways of doing things. And so we're kind of that bridge from one gener- one big generation to a next big generation. Right? Yeah, so I, so I think like th- these receipts for me, although a bit different than how we would normally do it, it's connecting the dots for me based off of 
the election. Yes. Okay. But also not necessarily a surprise. Right. As to why we ended up where we did or who, who voted for who. But I'm probably at this point more interested in ways or maybe some of those secrets that we like to share, yeah. you know, for people in terms of what they can do or what an organization you know, sure. can do at this for point. For sure. And today we have four secrets that we'll uh, share with you. And to summarize those secrets, there's four of them. One, stay engaged. Two, leaders need to have a game plan for dealing with these generational gaps. Thirdly, we need people to continue to think global, but you need to act local. And then finally, we want to share that corporations can make a difference in this whole thing that we've been talking about today. So with secret number one, it's really stay engaged. As we pointed out earlier, one of the negative consequences is that people just check out. And we can't have people check out right now. This election pointed out that there is a lot of work that still needs to get done. There's Georgia in January. Then we got elections in 2022, 2024, and all of these things are going to be coming really, really fast. And so you need an action plan to stay engaged and then stay engaged. Right. Educate yourself. Figure out what it is that you need to learn. That's okay, right. We're giving you like the facts and we're, we're telling you who's making the difference. Right. <laughs> you know, we're telling you that. Secret number two is as a leader. You need a game plan to deal with the generational differences. The younger generation is more socially conscious and ready for change, while the more mature generations are resisting that change. Yeah. Right? This is the core principle behind change management. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, totally. Like, this is happening in your corporations. This is happening around you with your families. This is happening all around us. So as a leader... It is absolutely important for you to figure out what your employees want, what your community is looking for. And how to optimize that stuff, right? Absolutely. Based on the generation. Understanding that these generational characteristics are generalizations, but they still have some truth to them Mm -hmm. in terms of just overall perspectives on those generations. Secret number three is... This whole thing about thinking globally, but acting locally. Keep in mind all the change that we want to see on a national level, but really that action needs to happen at the local level, right? All those down ballot races that some some of you may have skipped and just voted for the president and just let the rest of them go, it has an impact, right? And it probably has even a more immediate impact on your life than the national election, Those judges, those governors, those state legislative people that you're voting for, that stuff impacts you way more than who's president at the end of the day. So you need to build a plan to engage with your community and then show up for every single election. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Yes. You have have the ability to influence that, especially if we're looking at the generations and how they impacted the national election. Yeah. Think about what you could do Absolutely. And we think about these young folk. This is where you can make the real change. Absolutely. Accountability. So secret number four, corporations, in my opinion, can make a difference and need to lead on big national issues like climate, healthcare, diversity, equity, and all other issues, right? Big issues. Again, this, this is what we're saying is important to millennials and Gen Z. We're yeah. saying it's important. This, this is your customers. And we're saying there's 80 million and just one of those with yes. the millennials. Right. We're not even adding the, the Gen, Z. Gen Z in there. So companies have huge influence on the conversations and can move the needle on solutions. For sure. Right. I mean, we've seen this we've seen with it. some of the open air discussions and some of the community discussions and all of this is happening within corporations, within communities. All of these things are happening. And look, the stars may have aligned, but we're saying we don't want this to be a one and done. Right. Right. So the next base of customers and employees are going to be demanding it. They are. That's what they're doing now. That's what they're doing right now. They're already doing it. Yeah. And and changing, changing the world. And we need that. So, Ricky, I mean, this has been like a great, great conversation today. Just helping me kind of process through the election what it meant and what it means for us going forward. 
But I want to take some time as we wrap up here to really show some appreciation for you. So some appreciation for our listeners, because without you, it doesn't happen <laughs> at exactly. the end of the day, right? That's exactly it. And, so. and, and I'll say this, Keith, is as is much as I appreciate you, brother, I appreciate our listeners because they're telling us what they want to hear. Yeah. Like these are ideas and subjects that people are emailing us, hitting us on LinkedIn, hitting us on whatever, you know, yep. they're, they're hitting the Facebook and then we're going back and doing the research and coming up with the topics for you. I mean, this is all things that happen in some of our LinkedIn groups and everything else. So we appreciate you all for giving us relevance and topics that matter, mm-hmm. you know, and we will keep on bringing heat. You yes, know, we'll we keep will. on talking about it. That is our but, thing. but I will say this though, is if you like what you're hearing, just keep on liking us on on Apple Podcasts, write a review, like us on LinkedIn, join mm-hmm. one of the groups. We want to just keep on growing and make this a movement, That's right? right? We want to keep on getting people do. advocating for themselves. We have people every day who are like, man, I, I listened to what y'all said, and man, I, I was able to get that increase. That's you know? right. Well, yep. We have people who are paying for us to uh, be able to coach them, and I mean, we have receipts. We I mean, I receipts. know we keep giving you guys receipts that we're getting from articles and whatnot. We have our own receipts yes, from being do. able to help people out. So again, it's uh, getting close to the holidays now. Consider getting some of that merchandise. Get that merch. Get that get merchandise. That merch. Also, become like a patron on Patreon, right? Again, we're planning some really good stuff. Our season is going to, first season is going to end pretty soon, and then we're going to start opening up some of the other That's right. uh, tricks and treats tricks you know, and for treats. you. That's so, right. so again, I just want to say, you guys, hey, we appreciate you. Make sure you get on and take advantage of being able to help this movement grow. Absolutely. And Ricky, again, this conversation was great, but now I'm voting to fill up my cup. I need a drink. <laughs> All <laughs> yeah, right. I am low on this ice my damn self, There man. you go. So thank y'all for joining us today. And until next time, take care. Talk to you. Thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you gained a secret or two that can be applied as your journey continues. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends and donate via Patreon. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.